Shalom, Havering. This is uh, Rabbi Jacob speaking from Congregation Bethel and I. In this opportunity, I'd like to talk to you about Rosh Hodesh Nisan, which is happening tonight. And this is the month of redemption. Traditionally, every month of the biblical calendar is linked to one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Yehuda is the one linked to Nisan. Yehuda means praise. So this will be a good, a, a very good season to praise and thanks the Lord for his salvation and deliverance from the slavery of our sinful nature. We are so blessed so we can get close to the Lord through other Torah cycle, through tefillah, prayer in a daily basis through celebrating the Shabbat in a weekly base, through the Rosh Hadesh, the celebration every month, and through the festivals of the, of the Lord, the biblical festivals. By the time we finish the biblical festivals, we are going back to the future, and we start all over again with the Torah cycle. The Lord says to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Exodus 12, 1, 2, 2. And I read from the ESV version. The month of Nisan has three names. Rosh Chodeshim, Chodesh Harichon, which means the first month. Chodesh Ha'aviv, the springtime month, and of course Nisan. Rosh Hashim or Chodesh Harishon is the first month. It's called the first month because it's the month of redemption, the month of the exodus of the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt, the house of bondage. That was an unfortunate time, but the the um, society of Egypt was built on the institution of slavery. The slaves were used to build treasured cities such as Python and Ramses, according to Shemot 1.11, and the pyramids, giant tombs, for the pharaohs possible hinted at when the Jewish people complained to Moshe, are there not enough graves in Egypt that you had to take us out to die in the desert? Shemot 14.11 No individual slave or group of slaves and certainly no enslaved nation have ever escaped from slavery in Egypt. Chodesh <coughs> Ha'aviv, the springtime month. It's called the springtime month because the Hebrew calendar is set up so that the month must fall in the spring. This is to satisfy the godly requirement whereby Hashem says to the Jewish people, you are living today, of course, in the month of springtime. And it's called Nisan. The name Nisan is of Babylonian Persian origin as are the names of all the 12th month of the Hebrew calendar. But it also has the suggestion of a springtime or blossoming, 
because the similar word nit azan in Hebrew means a blossom. There are some important days in Jewish history that I'd like to mention to you, but uh, especially in the, the first of Nisan, in the first of Nisan, uh, a few important things happened, but I'd like to mention to you Haman's decree was happening then. Haman's decree and a couple other things on the 16th and 17th of Nisan, Esther appears before Ahasuerus and Haman was impaled. Those, uh, that period, that season of that we celebrated in Purim is in the book of Esther. You can uh, check it up and it, all, of, all of it happened not in the mon month of Adar, but in the month of Nisan. I just wanted to uh, make sure that I mentioned this. Another unfortunate time that it happened, unfortunate event actually, was Yom HaShoah, is the Holocaust day. And that happened during this time, every 17th of Nisan, this happened, which is happening on April, May, of the secular month, secular calendar. Uh, so what what are we? We are in Nisan. Nisan is the head of the entire biblical calendar, according to the lore. As you can see, uh, during this year is a regular year, so we're gonna have just one Adar, you know, Adar Shaini. Nisan, Iyar, and Sivan are linked together because uh, the connections are very interesting. And this is, I'd like to just to present to you these links to remind, to remind us actually about the importance of the spring holidays. Pesach happening on Nisan, and then first fruits, the Matzah festival, and then the counting of the Omer is happening throughout the entire uh, cycle the entire season of the spring time festivals and it will end it up in uh, the 49 days plus one the feast of the seven weeks Shavuot in Hebrew or Pentecost which is from the Greek language and this graphic is presenting the ascension of each month anytime we celebrate the Lord's feast we are ascending with him, or to him, actually, in this spiritual realm. As we can see, the month of Nisan is the month of redemption. Then the month of splendor happened on the month of Iyar. And then on Sivan, the month of revelation, where the Lord re revealed to us the Torah, which is very beautiful. It's like ascending. This picture presents a spiral ladder. Uh, it's just a way for, for us to understand that anytime we celebrate the festivals, we are moving, we are ascending up to the Lord in, uh, in, in, in our spiritual ascension to God's throne. Anytime we celebrate the biblical festivals. Pesach happened in the month of Nisan all the time, according to Exodus 12. But also a couple other events are very, un, very important to remind us about this 
celebrations. And it's Shabbat HaChodesh, Shabbat Hagadol, two important special Shabbatot. And of course, that moves us to Pesach, the Unleavened Bread Festival, uh, the first fruit. We are counting the Omer, and finally we move to Shavuot. That's what we are. What is Shabbat HaKodesh? Shabbat HaKodesh is uh, the Shabbat before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. We read Parsha HaKodesh. And of course, Parsha HaKodesh starts with uh, the verse of Shemot 12, 1 and 2 we just read. And this reading is intended to remind us that Pesach is fast approaching, which means we got to get ready for Pesach. Shabbat HaKodesh is the Shabbat that initiates the preparations for Pesach, but also help us to understand that we need to, to pack our egos. We need to pack our egos and just put them aside, put them in pose, or you just put them in the trash can. So anything that is in your heart that is that doesn't belong to there, that is hurting you, you need to remove it and uh, come to the celebration of Pesach in a very good mood and with a heart of repentance if, if you can do that. Um, if if you cannot do that, just put it in pause and move on. You're gonna move on. You can you can leave those things in your heart. Just move them away, and it's better if you just take them away from your life, from your life, and you just just throw them in the trash can, and ask the Lord to help you with that, which is uh, the best thing to do. Again, this is the verse that helps us to understand that the uh, first of Nisan is the first month of the entire year, biblical year for, for us. The Haftarah of Shabbat HaKodesh is in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 45, which tells us about the Rosh Chodesh Nisan sacrifices, which were brought and which will be again brought in the future when the third uh, Hamikdash is built. The Haftarah concludes with these words of consolation. Like the flock of Jerusalem at her appointed times, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men. And also the traditional Haftarah reading is on Ezekiel 45 verse 16 to chapter 46 verse 18. And then Shabbat Hagadol is another important Shabbat. I was uh, um, I'm, uh, reminding you to celebrate. It's called the, the Great Sabbath. And this is the Shabbat before Pesach. The reading on this special Shabbat are actually the, there's two readings uh, Exodus 12, 3 to 6, and Malachi 3. 4 to 24. So, uh, this uh, 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 Shabbat help us to understand or commemorates the 10th day of Nisan when the Hebrew slaves took the lambs that they were going to offer for Pesach and tied them up outside their homes to help until they offer it in the 14th day, Exodus 12, 3 to 6. 
The special Haftarah reading for Shabbat Hagadol is Malachi 3, 4 to 24. And this is the prophecy of Elijah's return before the great day of the Lord. The Messianic prophecy regarding the end of days and the return of the prophet Elijah is read at the time because it is believed that Elijah will return at Pesach. And this is why we include a cup for him in our Seder rituals. Not only a cup, but some people just put everything else, the entire plate and everything, a chair and everything is, is right there for Elijah. And in this graphic, uh, this graphic is by Rabbi David Rosenberg from New York, and he shows us the Jewish calendar cycle and the three solemn feasts. There are two prophetic seven-week periods or 50 days period in here, as we can see. This is star, and as you can see from, we are reading, we just finished Bereshit Exodus, and we are starting it in Leviticus by Ikra, which is the book of purity. It's very interesting. So beginning reading by Ikra or Leviticus, sometime between Purim and Passover, we are going to consider 50 days from Passover all the way to Shavuot. And um, beginning reading Numbers but Midbar, one Shabbat before Shavuot every year. Very interesting, those 50 days. And then we have another 50 days or seven weeks period between the Oranami, the ninth of Av, and Rosh Hashanah, when we possess the land. And again, we start all over again, and we're going back to the future reading Bereshit all over again. Isn't it beautiful? So Pesach, or Passover, celebrates the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and uh, begins on the 15th of the month of Nisan and continues for seven days through Nisan 21st. So many diaspora communities celebrated for eight days. The name Passover is taken from Exodus story during the 10th an ultimate plague inflicted on Pharaoh to break his will, God passed over the Israelites and struck down only the Egyptian firstborn. That night, Pharaoh finally agreed to let the Israelites go, and ever since then, we gathered together at, the night, at that night to commemorate that time and to contemplate the meaning of being freed by the mighty hand and outstretched arm of the Holy One. So uh, there are many Pesach traditions. Uh, we are preparing for Passover basically. For seven days again is uh, Exodus 12. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day remove the yeast from your houses and that's what we do. So we, we, we just, what, what are the things we do? We avoid hamets, and as including anything that contains yeast, preparations begins with a general cleaning, culminating in the ceremonial search for the leaven called bedikat hamets. 
Of course, we clean the mess throughout the house, throughout our garages, throughout our cars, throughout everything, our desk, our working place, and so on. And most important, we clean our hearts. We need to clean our hearts from the yeast that is there. Remember, our words can also kill. Our words can be a blessing or can be just to kill people. And we don't want to do that. So we need to clean whatever is there. And so in that way, we don't, we don't sin. And by the time we get to, to uh, Pesach, we have our hearts clean and, and definitely make Teshua before that. That's, that's one of the big deals that we do. And so in this opportunity also, I just wanted to remind you that Yeshua cleaned his father's house. And, and this passage is on John 2, 13, 16, 13 to 16. And I just want to encourage you to read that passage uh, just to remember when the Lord says, uh, you shall put away leaven out of your houses. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. So it's, it's, it's an important passage to remember. So there are different traditions from the Ashkenazim and the Sephardim. We're not going to look all of them. There are many, but they're very similar. One of them is the fast of the firstborn. The Pesach Zeder contains different kinds of foods uh, for the Ashkenazim. There are some foods that are considered uh, uh, yeast, but for not for the Sephardim. But those are minutia. Uh, it's just important for us to uh, retain those traditions and remember that they are only that traditions. Okay, the Pesach Seder in Haggadah are important. Those two important things are in the time of Pesach. Uh, Passover Seder, the order of service, traditionally we must consider ourselves being freed from Egypt. And our, of course, the Haggadah is the telling. <clears throat> By the time we get to uh, to the festival, we're not supposed to have any hamets or yeast in our homes. We refrain from hamets as part of the process of personal liberation. Um, in rabbinic interpretation, Hamid is seen as symbolic of the Yetzer Ha'ara, which is the evil inclination, the removal of all Hamids. It is a metaphor for an inner process of purging and freeing ourselves of impurity, the Hamid that lies within us. This is why we go to such lengths to remove even the tiniest amount of material hamets. It is meant to signify the difficulty of the, of the struggle to remove those negative parts of ourselves. That's why it's important to remove anything that is wrong out of our hearts. So the cedar plate should contain symbolic foods at the Passover Seder. <clears throat> Almost every Passover Seder, a ritual dinner, includes various ritual foods and other items. Nothing on the Seder plate is selected randomly. Each item has its purpose and often 
it's a specific place on the table or say the plate. So the setup plate is one of the most important items in there. The setup plate, there's usually one per plate, one per table, I mean, uh, holds at least six of the ritual items that are talked about during the Seder. The shank bone, harpas, hazeret, haroset, maror, and an egg. The roasted lamb and shank bone, one of the most striking symbols of Passover, is the roasted lamb shank bone, that is called also Zeroah, which commemorates the Paschal lamb sacrifice made the night the ancient Hebrews fled Egypt. Some people said it symbolizes the ostrich arm of God. The Hebrew word Zeroah can also mean arm in Hebrew. The roasted egg is a symbol in many different cultures, usually signifying, signifying springtime and renewal. Here it stands in place of one of the sacrificial offerings which was performed in the days of the Second Temple. Another popular interpretation is that the egg is like the Jewish people. The harder you make it for them, the tougher they get. This egg isn't even eaten during the meal. The shell must need to look like really roasted. The bitter herb or maror, any bitter herb will work. So horseradish is the most common. Haroset is that sweet salad of apples, nuts, wine, and cinnamon that represents the mortar used by the Hebrew slaves to make bricks. Carpas is a green vegetable, usually parsley, another bitter herb. Hazeret is a second bitter herb, most often romaine lettuce. Salt water symbolizes the tears and sweat of enslavement, though paradoxically it also it's also a symbol for purity, springtime, and the sea, the mother of all life. Often a single bowl of salt sits on the table into which each person dips their carpas during the Seder. Matzah, perhaps the most important symbol on the Seder table, is a plate that has a stack of three pieces of matzah on it. And now we'll move to, to look into the four cups and the cup of Elijahu Hanavi. The four cups of wine, and this is based on Exodus 6, from 6 to 7. In the Seder night, a special place is set for Elijah. A child will open the door for him as if Elijah is waiting to come uh, to come in the house and a cup of the fruit of the vine is poured for him to drink. As I mentioned before, this is based on the special Haftarah reading for Shabbat Haggadol, which is Malachi 3, from 4 to 24, the prophecy of Elijah's return before the great date of the Lord. So, uh, again, the biblical text, which is the base for all of this, is Deuteronomy 6, from 20 to 23. You have to have a Haggadah, some spe special foods, 
And then the ritual goes like this, sanctification, the washing of your hands, the vegetable, the breaking of the bread, the story, you says the whole Haggadah, the story, and then washing again, blessing over grain products, blessing over matzah, the bitter herbs, the sandwich, uh, the dinner, the after coming, you say grace after meals, some praises, which are called Hillel, there are some psalms that we sing, and then the closing. Yeshua and the Shalosh Regalim, the uh, pilgrimage festivals. The importance of this celebration for the believers in Messiah Yeshua. Why is it important? All these festivals, it's like a process, an establishment of salvation by Yeshua, our Messiah. And all of this represents his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, which is very important. All of this talks about the Holy Temple. Anytime Yeshua speak up is around the festivals and in the Holy Temple or around the Holy Temple. Uh, he is definitely the living water. All of this is about the ingathering because anytime we celebrate these festivals, we ingather, we get all together to celebrate these festivals. Uh, of course, this represents his second coming, his kingdom, the world to come, and definitely the final redemption. Yeshua is in the Passover. We are saved by his complete work. We're going to read some scriptures, uh, and we start with Romans 5.10 from the complete Jewish Bible. For if we were reconciled with God throughout his son's death, when we were enemies, how much more will we be delivered by his life now that we are reconciled? Hebrews 7.25 Therefore, he is also able to save completely those who draw near to God through him, always living to make intercession for them. This is very interesting. To draw near is the same word of korban, which is sacrifice. It's a beautiful uh, terminology right here. For the Messiah has entered a holiest place, which is not man-made, and merely a copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, in order to appear now on our behalf in the very presence of God. He is interceding for us. So, again, I just wanted to encourage you that uh, during this month of Nisan, Yar and Sivan, we just keep in mind that it is a one season of 50 days holidays. It's not just one day or two or a week. It's just 50 days altogether. The entire festival is stretched into 50 days. During the season of festivals, from Pesach to Shavuot, and then the high holidays of fall, I encourage you to meditate in these words in a daily basis, and do not forget the cycle of the Torah, which is prayer, tefillah, we celebrate his Shabbat, we celebrate his Rosh Hodesh, his festivals, and then we'll go back to the future. Yeshua, our Messiah, is continually interceding for us in heaven. He is at the right hand of the Father continually, praying for us. 
so we can be ready to be with him in the world to come. And so, may his love last forever. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen.